This is Moonshine and Scoreboards with Kevin, Landon, and Justin. Hello and welcome to Moonshine and Scoreboards, episode 17. I'm your host, Kevin, and this week I'm joined once again by my fantastic co-hosts, Justin and Landon. How are we doing, gentlemen? We're doing good. I was I always wait for Landon to jump in there because I don't I don't want to feel like I'm always dominating the uh, the greeting here. But um, I'm good. Landon, how are you? Uh, I'm doing good as well. And, you know, considering uh, you were here first, Jay, I always feel like, you know, you need to say how you're doing first. So oh, I don't no. that. Come on. We're and he we has an age equal, we're an equal level team here. Exactly. Like Kevin said, age before beauty. And we all know I'm the pretty one. <laughs> We are an equal level team. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Landon, you are very pretty. Don't worry. Ah, um, thanks, buddy. Justin, I think you're pretty too. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this week we do have Christmas rapidly approaching as we're recording this. We are just five days away from the big day. Oh, my want- God. I know. Get your shopping done if you haven't. Um, we wanted to take the time to give our three wishes to sports bar, sports ball, Santa. And that's how I wanted to start the show off. Um, with these three wishes, I did want to set the parameters though, that it cannot be your team to win a championship because, you know, of course that's something that we would all wish for. So... I think what we should do is we should all just go one by one and just give our first wish and then give our second wish and then go around and give our third wish. So I will hand it over to Landon. You can start with your first wish for Sports Ball Santa. Okay. Uh, my first Christmas wish for Sports Ball Santa. Um, not picking this team to win a national championship, though I did pick this team to win a national championship. I want to see Rick Barnes and this Tennessee basketball team make a run to the final four deep into March. Uh, Not only would that be a first for this Tennessee basketball team, it would silence a lot of critics that I think uh, unjustly have continued to malign one of, if not the best basketball coaches that has ever walked the uh, um, uh, sideline there at uh, the summit in uh, Food City at Thompson Bowling Arena, as it's now known. Uh, This is a hell of a team. We've seen them go up against stiff competition in the slate before they open SEC play. And uh, I think they have the weapons to make a deep run. So I would like to see them make the run to the Final Four. I like that. That's a good wish. I hope that wish comes true, personally. Um. Landon, or sorry, Landon just went. Justin, Landon, what is Landon. your first wish? <laughs> Landon, you can go again. Well, the funny thing, it's funny. You must have been reading my mind, actually, because I that was one I had written down. I, and, you know, I know it is it is sort of like uh, wishing for your team to win a championship because you're winning that portion of the bracket. You get to cut down the ropes. You get a big, the rope, the net. The net. Um, but I feel like I should change it uh, because I don't want to, I don't, I, I don't want to just say, Yes, ditto to Landon, even though that's what I absolutely, he said. <laughs> I absolutely agree. Um, I think that I will say I would like Dalton Connect to play well enough 
throughout the season to be a finalist for the Wooden Award. How about that? That's a good one. Yeah, I think like that right now. I think he is the fourth highest odds. I believe I saw that on uh, the other day on gambling websites behind uh, Zach Eady. I think it was Zach Eady, Hunter Dickinson, and Kyle Filipowski. Yeah, and then I guess I'm Connect. just thinking if we get that kind of consistency from Connect throughout the season that that he ends up being a finalist, then then Tennessee we're going to be all right, you know. If if we're getting oh, yeah. that kind of production out of him, I like that. That's a good wish. I also hope that wish comes tr- true. <laughs> um, I'm going to step away from basketball, and I'm going to take one that this might this is not my first wish, but I think this is a wish that you guys might take. So I'm going to go ahead and take it before, so you can't. And that is for Nico to win the Heisman, either <laughs> next year or before he leaves, for Nico oh. to bring a Heisman back to Knoxville. Okay. I, think, I mean, I think based off of his, you know, recruiting tapes and and footage that we've seen of him, I think he's good enough to. He's got the talent. He's... He's got a hell of an arm, and he he loves to run, and he's quick. Um, based off of the little bit that we've seen him this year, he he looked good when we saw him. And Heupel oftentimes produces good quarterbacks um, that put up big numbers. And why not Nico? You know, I think that'd be cool for Tennessee to finally get a Heisman winner. That's long overdue, um, but have it be Nico to be the first one. That would be him living up to the hype. Um, that's my first wish. I'm going to yeah. pass it on to Justin for your second oh, wish. I like that okay. one. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, all right, so my second one, I mean, it, it may not surprise you. My my wishes are, are Tennessee-based, although my last one won't be, but this one is. Um, switch it up. <laughs> so my wish for next year is for um, – Tennessee's defense to finish top 10 nationally um, and statistically in points allowed um, and and yardage like well I'll say I'll say pass yardage I want to have a really good pass oh well (laughs) you might not like what you're getting out of the portal then buddy (laughs) what I hate to break it to you (laughs) because I think they're contacting me and Landon to go down there and try to play defensive back in the bowl game. No, hey, I've been stretching. I've been, I've been doing a lot of calisthenics. Do people still do calisthenics? No, I, yeah, I know. I know that that's the case. And that's why I'm, I'm asking sports ball Santa to make this come true. Cause I feel like we're going to need help. The sports ball Santa. We really need this wish to come true, please. <laughs> Yeah, apparently Jay's not asking for a wish. He's asking for a miracle. No. <laughs> I have a feeling we're going to be winning a lot of games next year, 54 to 52. <laughs> hey, um, win's a win. A yeah. win is a win. And those Dynamic are fun games offense. to watch. They're stressful, but they're fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Hey, that helps Nico's Heisman hype, just letting you know. Hey, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, one wish feeds into another. That's right. Um, I like that wish, though, Justin. Like I said, it would be nice if we had – a couple of more defensive backs come through um, and maybe didn't get ravaged by the portal. Um, but Landon, your second wish. Uh, my second wish from Sportsball Santa is also going to be focused on the Tennessee football team. 
We know that Tennessee football coaches are judged on your win-loss record against three teams, Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. We've already seen Heupel slay two of the three in Florida and Alabama in the same year. My second wish from Sportsball Santa would be for him to get that third head of that monster. I want to see Tennessee take down Georgia next year. In Athens. Yeah, buddy. Oh, baby. That's a good wish. That's a, that's, I'll give you one. That's a great wish. Great wish. As Lee Corso might say, great pick. Um, I do like it. That's a good wish. Um, if we beat Georgia, we're, I, I have a feeling we'll be in the front seat for, well, never mind. I was going to say for an SEC East title, but. Yeah, what would have been the SEC East title, and it feeds into your Nico for Heisman hype. And I, I would, I would imagine if they do knock off the Bulldoggies on the road, that would feed into them having a really good defense. Jay, it's all about right. synergy here. You're right. We're trying to keep it together. <laughs> <clears throat> I will go with my second wish. I'm going to save my number one wish for the end because I don't think y'all are going to take it. So this is my this is my third wish, but I'm using it as my second wish, not to confuse anybody. This is, um, yes, this is a wish. I'm going to say for Knoxville to get a professional sports team. <laughs> what? For Nashville to get a baseball team. I will take either one. I just want like a baseball team in Nashville would be awesome. Um, maybe like relocate the Rays to, to Nashville, even though I know that's, that's not going to happen because they're just about to buy build a new stadium. Yeah, we um, came that close. I know. Darn. But I, here's my prayer, here's my condition. I don't want like an expansion team added to Nashville because I don't want to have the stress of like an expansion draft. I want a <laughs> a team that's already in the league to move to Nashville. Um, I could have a closer team to go watch Yankees games at. And, or, I mean, this is a wish. It, it would be a Christmas miracle, but I would love for Knoxville to get a professional sports team. I think that'd be cool. We don't have, I mean, I love college ball, but you know, sometimes you want a pro team. So what, what about the soccer team here in Knoxville? We have a pro soccer team here in Knoxville. Oh, Kevin, come on. <laughs> that hurts. You, you don't consider the ice bears a professional team. They're well, semi-professional. Being as they had to cancel like three games in the last yeah, two uh huh, have a stadium. God. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know that the ice bears are going to be here much longer. <laughs> That's true, but the Smokies have broken ground downtown. They're building their stadium. That is true. true. I I cannot wait for that stadium to open. That thing is going to be sweet downtown. It's be awesome. Yeah. Also, if you're a local listener, I guess my wish would instead of I'll ter- I'll change my wish to have the Neeland to Thompson bowling event thing, the event bridge to just oh, be yeah. done. Yeah. Just be done. That would be really cool. The entertainment finger or whatever they're calling. Uh-huh. Yeah. I want it just done. Like, I don't want to have to wait till 2057. I just want to, man, <laughs> man, if, um, if, if, if you think football Saturdays are an event and a party atmosphere now, just wait until that thing's done. That's going to be okay. insane. <laughs> Let's go with, uh, Oh, you know what? I'll go ahead and give my third wish. Yeah, do it. I'll just take the take the snake draft version. Very obvious. Should you could have seen it coming from a mile away? 
the New York Yankees Here it to sign Yoshinobu Yamamoto. That's all <laughs> I want for Christmas. I just want this little Japanese guy to come on his little Instagram and post a picture of the Yankees logo and saying, I'm coming to the Yankees. That's all I want for Christmas. If I get that, I'll be happy. I'll be happy. I don't have to. You can. My wife and my family can take all the presents that they got me back and just, oh, that'll be good. I'll be good. I'll be set. Jay, I'll be so, honest. That's tamed and uh, tamed in what I thought we were going to get. I thought he was going to say uh, the Yankees go one sixty two and zero, and then uh, sweep the entire playoffs. <laughs> well, he said we no, couldn't I, ask for a championship. Exactly. I oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh huh. I will glad, let you know. <laughs> glad he put the parameters on himself. Yeah. <laughs> I will let you know, Landon. I did have the Yankees to host the All Star game, but I switched it to Knoxville to get a sports team instead. But I did have two Yankees lists. Two Yankees wish. Wishes on my list, but uh, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, I want Yo- I want Yoshi. I want Yoshi in the Bronx. So that's my third wish. Let's go to Justin. What is your third wish? So it's funny because I, I think we all just had parallel thinking. Um, but my wish was going to be for there to be a baseball team in Orlando. Um, oh wow, that'd be fun. Hmm. And, and, it, and, I, and it doesn't have to be major it doesn't have to be mlb like i would take a minor league team in orlando i guess there used to be one here um years ago i think it was like a florida league team um so i think that's close to the lowest version of minor league baseball you could play but at least there was one here but it wasn't very popular so it's gone there was this uh before tampa shared the plans for the new tampa bay stadium there is this little collective i don't know what they call themselves but it's i think they call themselves the orlando dreamers or something like that and they had this big push to actually move the Rays to Orlando. And they even had a plans drawn up for a stadium and where it would go and all this kind of stuff. And that happened earlier in the year, sometime in the spring, I think. And I saw that and I was like, oh, that would be incredible. I would be, if we had a, a Major League Baseball team in Orlando, I would be a season ticket holder, no doubt. So, uh, Oh, for sure. That'd be fun, dude. Yeah. That'd be so much fun. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. But but uh, unfortunately, uh, Tampa decided to, it's still in a, not good part of town, but the stadium that they've proposed for the, the Rays, if they execute it the way that they're planning, it looks like it's going to be cool. And I guess anything that's going to replace uh, Tropicana Field is an upgrade. So that's. But yeah, yeah I'd I, love to have baseball close by. Yeah, as somebody who used to have season tickets to professional sports teams when we lived in Florida, when we lived in Tampa, we had season tickets to the Rays and the Bucks and the Lightning. They're like. There's very few things better than when you come home from school and your parents are like, all right, go change. We're going to go to the game tonight. It's like, oh, yes. This oh, is that's awesome. It's, it's very clutch. So, yeah, if you guys would have gotten a sport, a pro, uh, any team there, that would have been, uh, been sick. Yeah. But, I mean, you have, you have a professional soccer team in Orlando. An actual professional soccer team. Man, just just Knox Pride is catching a bunch of strays in this opening segment. <laughs> actual, sometimes you make you get to see Messi even come play. So I guarantee you, Messi's not coming to Knoxville. <laughs> Man, Knox Knoxville's not big enough for Messi. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. He he knows I run the eight six five. You stay out of East Tennessee, Messi. <laughs> All right, Landon. What's your okay. last and final wish to Sports Ball Santa? Damn it. How did you know? Um, uh, no. Uh, this is going to be <clears throat> the most off the wall of our 
three wishes each. If you know anything about me, you know that I am a fan of something that I refer to as the sweet science of professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. Particularly my brand of choice, so to speak, is All Elite Wrestling or AEW. And I have been a fan of this promotion since it started five-ish years ago. And I have been a fan of pretty much everything they put out since day one. So I will identify myself as an AEW fan, but even I as an, I as an AEW fan will admit over the last little bit, it started to feel like it's missed that quote unquote feeling where every time I turned in to their Wednesday night programming on TBS, their Saturday night programming on TNT, or I tuned in for uh, say again. Oh, sorry. I thought somebody said, uh, or I tune into one of their, at the time, quarterly pay-per-views. It felt like it was losing that feeling where it's like, okay, this is amazing. This is programming that I cannot miss. Whether it be the in-ring uh, action doesn't grip me the same way it did, or the, what seems to be constant backstage drama. Um, if you've been vaguely paying attention to it, uh, CM Punk at one point was in AEW, but he and the EVPs in the elite, Kenny Omega, uh, Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, uh, could not get along to the point that uh, CM Punk and the elite got into several fights to the point that CM Punk was fired from All Elite Wrestling and ended up back in the arms of uh, the WWE after eight years. My Sports Ball Santa Wish is for All Elite Wrestling to find that feeling again where I thought, damn, this is the top. This is the pinnacle of professional wrestling. And I'll even go one further by crowning the very first ever All Elite World Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, the very first ever black all Elite Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion in Swerve Strickland because Swerve Strickland is one of the best things going in the game of pro wrestling right now. And I think Swerve can get AEW back to the top where they were and, in my opinion, should be. Oh, nice. I will say that was off the wall. Um, but I, a good wish, a good wish nonetheless. I really thought for a second you were going to say that they were going to that you, your wish would be for them to merge with WWE. God no, like, no, no, <laughs> no, like, hell no, no. I was like, is this where he's going? No, um, but but that was that that was a good wish, and I, I think that was very fun, very fun yeah. Christmassy exercise. Thank you, Justin, for suggesting that we do that. Oh sure. Um, I do want to go ahead and pivot now to our main topic of the show. Uh, we'll spend the majority of the time talking about, which is, uh, I just read the note under the general thing. This is sash required pants optional. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if that doesn't describe our show, I don't know what does. <laughs> That's the way I like to live my life, Kevin. <laughs> um, but I do it's want a message to message for ahead. you, messy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your pants are optional, messy. <laughs> the next AEW like heavyweight match is going to be Landon versus Messi. Yep, exactly. Yeah. In a no in pants match, yeah, we don't wear pants in the big orange country, messy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, 
I, I do want to go ahead and pivot to other wish lists that, that there might be out there in the world, um, mainly other teams' wish lists in the college football realm, as I'm sure if you pay any attention to sports at all, you know that we are headfirst into transfer portal season. Uh, the the big time where you can just pack your bags and leave wherever you're at and go somewhere else. No questions asked. Um, now, I mean, we are going to get into the big names and their destinations and maybe talk about it for a minute. But I do want to start off by asking, what do you guys think of the portal? Um, like, are you a fan of it? Do you, do you think it's completely out of control? Uh, do you think there needs to be a set time that the portal can happen, like after bowl season? Um, that way, you're, you know, players could finish what they've started and not feel the pressure of leaving before their bowl games to get to their new destination before their spot on said new destination is filled. So... Landon, what what are your thoughts on the big bad transfer portal? I like the idea of the transfer portal in theory, but in the way it's being played out where it's pretty much turned into semi-pro free agency as we're seeing, it kind of makes me roll my eyes a little bit. And I know I'm going to sound like an old head and it's like, you know, they're changing the way the game is played and it's it's not the game that I loved, but it kind of isn't the game that we grew up watching and the game that we fell in love with in college football. And I do know that right now there are two portal open windows. One we're currently in, and then there's one after spring practice. Uh, but something you threw out, uh, whether there should be uh, one or maybe the first portal window being after bowl season, I actually love that idea because it would take the – it would take the focus off of players playing musical uh, chairs of teams and put the onus, the focus back onto the bowl games, back on bowl season, particularly in one case. And it is uh, it's the quarterback from Texas, um, um, Malik Murphy, who is the backup quarterback who has put his name into the portal because this is the only time where he can declare for the portal and go out and try and find a school where he can compete for a starting job. Otherwise, his other option is he sticks around uh, with Texas, tries to battle with his brothers in that locker room to try and fight for ultimately a national championship. But if he sticks around and comes up short, he has nothing to show for it except, you know, memories and, oh, man, what ifs. And then he, he gets to go in after spring practice, and he's further behind in the depth chart. And once again, he's playing probably from the number two spot where if he leaves right now, gives up that opportunity to play for a national championship, which in all honesty, I mean, other than going to the pros, this is what everybody who plays at that level of collegiate football is playing for. He he has to give up that shot. And I think that sucks. And I think it kind of sucks the way we're seeing the transfer portal play out because we see players kind of like, for the lack of a better term, go out looking for a payday. And I understand, you know, this is capitalism. This is a free market because you, me, Justin, we can all go in our jobs. We can, we can call across the street to our competitor and look and ask for more money. And everybody's like, okay, cool. Go get your money, young man. But, and it would be hypocritical of me to say that 
these college players who up until recently haven't been able to, you know, make any money off their name, image, and likeness or their NIL. They haven't been able to make a cent off of it. It would be hypocritical of me to say, oh man, they shouldn't be able to do this. But at the same time, I do feel like it is kind of out of control and kind of takes the focus away from the game, you know? Yeah. Um, I I want to hit a couple of things that you said. I, I wish that I could take the credit for my idea about the transfer portal. Well, you said it on our podcast. Just go ahead and take the credit. It's fine. It's not, it's not my idea. That's a Josh Pate special. Um, but, (laughs) but I do want to give credit where it's due. Um, but yeah, I, I think your Malik Murphy example, which I'm glad that you brought up because that was something I wanted to talk about this evening. Um, that that's, that's the problem with the portal the way it is now. Well, and, um, and, and Malik Murphy contributed this season when Quint Ewers went down. It, yeah, with, without Malik Murphy, Texas ain't in this situation. Yep, and, and it sucks for Malik Murphy, but it also sucks for Texas because Texas is there. Who's mm-hmm. to say that a Washington cornerback doesn't come in on a blitz and hit Quinn Ewers the right way? Now Quinn Ewers is knocked out of the game. And instead of going to Malik Murphy, who has already played this year and shown that he can do it, now you're going to Arch Manning, who hasn't played the the reps that Malik Murphy has. Um, still looked really good when he was in there, but didn't have doesn't have the experience that Murphy has. And now he's going to be playing in a college football playoff semifinal. Uh, mm-hmm. So it sucks for it sucks for Texas in that point. It sucks for Malik Murphy in that point, which. I think that after signing day last year, if I'm not mistaken, Malik Murphy signed before Arch Manning did. So he didn't really have an option of leaving um, before the end of this season. So he kind of knew. I think he played the entire season in the last year uh, under the assumption, everybody was under the assumption that he was transferring um, because Arch Manning's behind him. And I don't know that it has to do with talent-wise because, like I said, Malik, Malik Murphy played <clears throat> this season more than Manning did, and he played better. However, if you're Texas, you got a guy whose last name is Murphy, and then you got a guy whose last name is Manning. And I'll let you decide who is going to be starting over the other uh, after Quinn Ewers is gone. Um, so what you're saying means, is Malik Murphy needs to change his name to Malik Manning. Yeah, and, and become a become related <laughs> to Peyton and Eli, I guess somehow. Um, or Cooper, I, that's fine yeah. too. I mean, I mean, don't forget about Coop. Yeah, yeah, or Cooper. I, I guess that is Cooper's <laughs> son, so I guess that kind of matters a little bit. <laughs> um, but you know, Malik Murphy, he knew that he was transferring. He, I'm sure, he didn't know that he was going to. Uh, be playing potentially for a college football playoff semifinal um, or a berth in the in the national championship, but he knew this season that he was going to be transferring. And now, you know, he doesn't have because he didn't enter his name in the portal immediately. Um, he waited a little while, and I guess what what kind of rubbed me the wrong way was he saw all these other quarterbacks entering the portal, and all of these other jobs filling up at all of these other big colleges. And 
it kind of put him in a in between a rock and a hard spot, like you said, man. And it's either go and and play second fiddle in a semifinal, and you know not hope that Quinn Ewers gets hurt, but be there if he is going to get hurt. And if you lose, you know, oh well, you tried, and you got you got memories and stuff. Now you can go be the starter at Toledo because that's the only job that's open. No offense to Toledo. Um, or you could go and go in the portal now and be playing for a power five school next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it does suck the way that it is now. Um, I do think it's totally and completely out of control. Um, the thing I don't like is that these guys can just straight up leave. No questions asked. No, 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 you know, text messages exchanged, no meeting with coaches, no nothing. You can just dip out middle of the night. See y'all later. I'm out. Um, because I got Ole Miss paid me more money. Uh, and I, I don't think that that's fair across the board. Um, you know, because not every school has oil money like the Texas schools have. So I know they're not using that money yet for the most part, because neither Texas or Texas A&M or Texas Tech, for that matter, have really good portal classes. Um, But there's nothing to stop them in the future, you know, and and everybody knows that the most money in college football is in the Southeast and in Texas. And and it's just not very fair the way that it's set up to the other schools. Um, And then the other thing that I really hate about the portal is entering your name in the portal and then having the ability to take your name right out of the portal. Ah, the hokey and pokey. Yep. I hate that. That pisses me off so much. <laughs> Mom, you know Dad, I swear to God, I'm running away this time. Yep. And you can call me a Sour Balls fan. You can call me angry. I don't care. I'm looking right at you, Tyler Barron. Uh, do not pull this bullshit of, I'm going to go in and then I'm going to see how much money Tennessee's going to give me to come back. And then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to do the same thing next year. And if Tennessee gives me more money next year, I'll come back. And if they don't, I'm going to go chase the bag at Ole Miss. You know, I, I think that that's just super scummy. Well, um, and he's not the only one who did it. Grayson I, yeah, McCall I, did it last year mm-hmm. at Coastal Carolina. He did the same thing. Multiple players have done it. Dingle just, up at uh, Kentucky did it, the tight end. Yep. I, I mm-hmm. just, I'm just saying it. Because I don't like it, and then it it affected Tennessee, and so I don't like it even more. Um, <laughs> but you know, hey, I, I mean, I guess Lane Kiffin's just throwing millions around like it's money, so like it's nothing. So go get your bag, young man. You deserve it. You, you great defensive player. Um, I I just don't like the entering, leaving, entering, leaving, one foot in, one foot out. It it doesn't rub me the right way. And then a point that I heard today on a podcast that I was listening to is these quarterbacks. A lot of these grad transfer quarterbacks, and I'll use Sam Hartman as an example. Sam Hartman was great at Wake Forest, and he came to Notre Dame, and he had a couple of good games, but he only had a year at Notre Dame. And it's hard to fit into an offense like that um, that quickly and get used to an offense in, in only a season. And he's not the only one. I mean... TJ Finley from NC State, he's been to like four different colleges and he, he still can't get the right fit for his for an offense for him. 
I, I know that there's more. Tyler Van Dyke's been to two schools. He's going to his third school. Mm-hmm. You know, you're getting all these guys that are, you go from, you spend one season in one system and you go to a different school and you spend another season in that system and then you spend another season in that system. It It, it doesn't do anything for you. If you look at last year, Sam Hartman was a very touted quarterback looking to, if he would have had a good season this year, would have been a good top five quarterback drafted. Now, he's not going to be one of the first 10 quarterbacks drafted, I don't think. Um, All because he switched goals. And you know what? That's an example against Notre Dame. So you guys, people can't be saying, oh, well, all he talks good about is Notre Dame. No, he doesn't. So there you go. Justin, what do you think about the portal? Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I've been I've been sitting back and trying to, I'm listening to everything you guys are saying. I'm trying to be really thoughtful about it because I, I think emotional response as a fan, you're like, well, when it hurts us, I hate it. When it helps us, I like it. But I, I think you got to look at it from the perspective of the players and the kids that, you know, I, I was thinking a couple things. One is talking about the transfer windows. They probably do need to refine that in some way. And I don't know what the right answer is, but I was thinking if you don't let people transfer as soon as the regular season's over, recruiting is happening, and then there are less potential spots for the guys who might want to move. But the flip side of that is if you do if you do it before – then there are these guys who, like, I'm just going to take an example, a hypothetical example, like Mike Matthews, who's coming to Tennessee, right? Our highest rated recruit this year. He's been committed to Tennessee this whole time. He never wavered. Um, and he signed first thing this morning. He's like one of our first recruits uh, to come in. Now, what if, you know, and, and I'm saying it was, he's he's a guy who, it's, it's rare uh, for people coming out of high school to be that steadfast. Mm-hmm. and constant as he was especially someone as highly rec- recruited as he was he had a lot of options coming out of high school so what if tennessee had taken brazel who i know we might still get uh from the portal and then also uh what if they get mike evans uh is that his name from texas a&m um can i am i saying that wrong correct me a wide receiver yeah mike what? evans in the nfl oh he's evan is it evan? Oh, that would be a coup is it I Evan? was like hey, Evan Stewart, Evan Stewart. I think Evan you're talking Stewart. about Evan Stewart. Evan Stewart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's in the I portal. was like, hang on a second. What? <laughs> yeah. So Evan Stewart's in the portal now. And then, you know, all these receivers. So let's say we let's say we took like three like highly um regarded receivers. And then Mike Evans comes in, he's thinking, Oh, he may have been promised early playing time, and that's why he signed on the dotted line at Tennessee. But now all of a sudden we've recruited these three guys out of the portal. Well, now Mike Evans had the rug cut and pulled up Mike Evans. Good grief. Mike Matthews. Maybe now he's got the rug pulled out from under him for what Tennessee promised him. So I think that, and that happens all the time to recruits. They get promised all kinds of things to sign on that dotted line and they get to the school and it's not the truth. So I like the fact that they can do something about that and go somewhere else. But what I was thinking is, um, they, it's a good protection for them, but the schools also need some sort of, protection as well and maybe what it is is after your freshman year you can transfer um you're it's open it's wide open if you do you have to stay at the next place at least two years and then you know by that time you just have your senior year if you want to transfer after that fine but like um 
or something like that. Maybe maybe it's hmm. maybe you transfer once and then you can't transfer again until you graduate. I I don't know, but the you know the the player advocate side of it would come in and say, well, that also isn't fair because someone could again sell them a you know a bill of lies at the next place that they're transferring to. They go there and something the coach leaves. That's another thing. Like these coaches could leave tomorrow, and all these players are like, well, I know they always say to recruits they're like well you're being recruited to a school not to a coach but that's not true they're recruiting that's bull crap yeah they're recruiting the, the the people that are recruiting them are the coaches they develop the relationship when the coach with the coaches when the coaches leave the players should be allowed to leave and maybe that's just a you know something that you would add to whatever language we're talking about here in adjusting the transfer rules but yeah i have no problem with a with a kid who a school says, hey, we've got this NIL deal over here for you, and you know we can pay you 10 times what you're making at, at the school you're at now or whatever it is. These kids, the backgrounds that a lot of them are coming from, the money means a lot to them, and they're not guaranteed that they're going to stay healthy and make it to the NFL and make this money. They should go get their money. They absolutely should. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I do agree with the they should go get their money portion of it. I just wish, I don't know how to say it without sounding like a complete and total jackass, which I think I already have, but it doesn't really bother me. <laughs> um, the one foot in, one foot out thing, entering and exiting. Yeah, that, I that, that drives me up the wall. I, know, I mean, here's what I that's just a blatant thing of just, I'm just trying to get the most money. Yeah, but, I agree. But here's what I was going to say to that point. The school doesn't have to counter offer. And also, if it's a guy that like is, you know, being that dramatic, non-committal, he's not committed to the school and he leaves, well, you probably didn't necessarily really need him in your locker room anyway. I mean, so yeah. Oh, Tyler, I would have taken Tyler I would have taken another year of Tyler Barron on the defense. <laughs> well, yes. I I, I, yes. I think Tennessee would have as well, but I think that coaching staff was expecting him not to be back, but that's because they were expecting him to go to the NFL. Yeah, as was everybody. I agree. I guess what I'm just saying is I think if you are a person who does what you've described and they go in the portal and then come out every year and they're just looking for that next best best thing, that to me suggests like a a character flaw and maybe something that like, I don't know, like maybe subtraction or addition by subtraction if they leave. Who knows? We may be better Mm -hmm. on the defensive line next year. You don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I do agree with you. I do think that that is a that does indicate a character flaw of like I'm not very loyal to you guys, you know. I'm I am not a VFL. I am a Vol for the money. I am a VFTM. Right. Um. So I do think that that is the case there. Um. But yeah, I I like I said I this time of year also. Where you have like, I'm not going to say the bowl games are meaningless, but the bowl games are not as entertaining as the other bowl games. And this is all, I know this sounds bad as we're talking about it on a podcast, but this is all every podcast and every sports radio show is talking about 24 (laughs) seven. I'm just like, dude. I'm so done with the portal. Just give me a day that it starts and give me a day that it ends so that I can just like 
hit all of my pod- podcasts as Marcus played, Marcus played, Marcus played. So I don't <laughs> have to listen to it for three weeks straight. And then I could just catch up at the end. Uh, because I feel like every hour on the hour, there's 10 more guys that are entering the portal. Um, or 10 more guys that have committed somewhere else. Or 10 more guys that are withdrawing their name from the portal. It is a never-ending just cyclone of players exiting, players entering, and it's it's a lot. Mm-hmm. But speaking of players exiting and entering, I have a giant list of players, and we're not going to talk about every single one. Um, but I do want to highlight a couple of big ones that have left programs and that are committed to other programs. Um, so I guess I think what we could do is do you guys have the list as well? Do both of you have the list also? Yep, got it pulled up. Yeah. And and Justin, you do as well? Yeah. All right, cool. I think what we could do to make it a little bit more quicker and a little bit um, more fun is each go around and maybe do like five rounds. Uh, see where we're at after five rounds of going through here and picking a name and talking about them and talking about where they're going um, and go from there. Does that sound Does that sound cool with you guys? That's fine. Let's do it. Sure. We'll, we'll see how this goes. Yeah, we might start. We might go with three and see where we're at after three um, and then go from there and maybe keep going. Uh, but I guess if you guys don't care, I will go first. No, do it. Talked about Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman exits. Notre Dame quarterback and Riley Leonard enters. Uh, Duke quarterback Riley Leonard leaves from Duke and is coming to South Bend. Um, I think that that's a big pickup for Notre Dame. Uh, he's not a grad senior like Sam Hartman was. Um, so I believe he has two more years of eligibility if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so I think that that'll be good for them to maybe have him develop into the system for one year. And then maybe the 2025 season be like, all right, this is your year to kind of show out. Um, but Riley Leonard is kind of a lot of what Sam Hartman was at Wake Forest, a running quarterback that has a great arm. Um, and so I don't know that it would be too much of a change on the offensive side of the ball for the Irish. But Riley Leonard coming to Notre Dame is a uh, a big pickup at a hole that they had um, since Sam Hartman was leaving. Um, do either one of you guys have any thoughts on Riley Leonard? Uh, my only thought on it is I hope that Marcus Freeman learned from the experience with uh, what he went through last year, bringing in a highly touted uh, quarterback uh, prospect, for the lack of a better term, from the portal and kind of had a pedestrian experience. Um, because as good of a coach as Freeman is on the defensive side of the ball, I think his offensive play calling can sometimes – leave something to be desired. So hopefully uh, he will take, uh, you know, the safeties off, so to speak, and let uh, Riley Leonard do his thing and live up to his potential. Because if he does, I think this could be a very good pickup. Otherwise, I think we could see another uh, experience of what we saw with uh, Sam Hartman uh, last year. Now, like you did point out, this is going to be probably a two-year experience as opposed to kind of a, hired gun one one season rental thing so yeah and Notre Dame has a new offensive coordinator 
So there you go. Um, All right. So so maybe so, maybe he is learning from uh, from his experience. Yeah. yeah. Fingers, Fingers crossed right. there. I helped pack uh, Jared Gerard Parker's bags for him as he got hired for Troy. I was I was I made the trip up there and I was like, "All right, come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's get to the airport, buddy. Get out of here." Um <laughs> um Justin, I, you I know uh Duke did not play Florida State this year, so I don't know how much Riley Leonard you watched. Um but any any thoughts on Mr. Leonard? No, not really. I mean, I just everything that you guys said, I nod my head in agreement with. I I think what you said earlier Kevin about quarterbacks transferring, I think is, is something I've thought a lot about um, with the portal and and quarterbacks moving from place to place. I would love to see, there's got to be some analysis that's been done on like who the most effective quarterback who transferred from a school and then went to another for one season. Like who has that been and what was their success? Because Trevor Knight off the top of my head. Yeah, and he went from Oklahoma to A and M, but he was a grad transfer. But it's funny that you mentioned that because the podcast that I was listening to the other day, they had mentioned um, like teams that have had success in the college football playoff in correlation to transferred quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and it does. It's not like think about it. Just think about it real quick, uh, Georgia. Last two years has had Stetson Bennett, which was a transfer, but not really because he started there. Yeah, and then he left and came back. Yeah, he transferred um, in the in the late nineties, so that doesn't count. Yeah, yeah, he was there before I was born, and then he came back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then before him was Alabama, which they didn't have any transfer quarterbacks. I mean, Jalen Milrose there now. He was recruited. Bryce Young wasn't a transfer. Jalen Hurts wasn't a transfer. Tua wasn't a transfer. Um, Clemson, Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson, neither one of those were transfers. The last one that like was a transfer that won a national championship was Joe Burrow, but that was also two years. That mm-hmm. wasn't a one-year thing. So, How long know, has like, Penix been at Washington? That was – he's been there one year. This is his first year there. Okay, all right, because so that's – that- that was uh, yeah. If 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 they win the title, I think that would have to be to yeah. answer Jay's question. That would have to be what the most successful one year quarterback, for lack of a better term, rental, right? Yeah. I mean, yep. But Penix, uh, but but again, Penix this Oregon, like like in in uh, in that situation, it was kind of an extenuating circumstance because uh, didn't homeboy who's now the. Uh, head coach at Washington wasn't that uh the offensive coordinator at Indiana and where did uh Michael Penix play before he transferred to Washington? Yep. Indiana. Correct. So so he 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 moved out there and knew the system. Eisman yeah. Winner was a transfer from Arizona State, Jaden Daniels. That's true. Yeah. Arizona State's LSU. But this is also his second year. Yep. Um mm-hmm. to your point, Justin, there there hasn't been a whole lot of one year like Landon said, rental hired gun quarterbacks um, that have been successful. Like I said, the the one, first one that popped in my head was Trevor Knight, just because I know he was the quarterback of that A and M team that beat us in College Station. Okay. All right. Well, fair enough. But I'll I'll keep it on you. Who was your uh, first your first uh, portal discussion? Portal transfer. Um, I think. 
I think I'll go with Max Johnson. Uh, going, okay. Going from A and M to North Carolina because A and M, you know, it's it, this. This is just going to be so interesting to see what happens um, with Elko there now and and what direction they go in. I know he's a defensive guy, but you you have to think that. Um, there's gonna. I mean, obviously, we're seeing it. There's going to be a lot of turnover in that roster, and and um, so Max Johnson, uh, a guy who's a productive quarterback, going to replace Drake May at UNC. So this will be for me. It's going to be an interesting case study to see if he can find the success there. You know, moving to the ACC, where technically week to week he probably doesn't have as stiff competition that he's going to be going up against. You know, he'll have a couple like serious tough games a year, and then he can put up some big numbers. So. I, I could see him going and being a guy who um, everyone looks at and is like, you know, oh, wow, you know, how come he wasn't, you know, putting up these kind of numbers at Texas A&M? But again, maybe competition-wise, that's why. But it's just, it's sort of interesting. Like, you know, um, UNC, Drake May leaving, and then they pull in Max Johnson. Now, I I don't know because I didn't, I don't know that much about Max Johnson. Is he, do you know how much eligibility he has left? Uh, th- I think this is his last year, and yeah, this is also his third school because he was at LSU yeah. before he was at A and M. Yeah, okay, that's what I was thinking. So, yeah, just be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, that's a good point though, because like he's been in the SEC his entire collegiate career, mm-hmm. and now he's out of the SEC. So it'll be interesting to what to see what he does uh, in the ACC. I think that's a good discussion point that not a whole lot of people are talking about in. And Max Johnson, he could have a pretty good season. Uh, he'll also have uh, what's that wide receiver that had that didn't have the eligibility that the NCAA was that they oh, were complaining what, about. What was his name? Uh, Tez Walker. Tez yeah. Walker. I think I think that's his name. Um, he'll have him for a full season, and he's what people were saying is the best wide receiver in the nation, aside from Maserati Marf. Um, so. He'll have Tez Walker. I think that'd be a good fit. Uh, but Landon, what about you? What is who's your first one that you want to discuss? Sticking in the SEC as this player uh, did on his move, I'm looking at former Georgia quarterback Brock Vandegrift uh, taking his talents Ooh. from Athens, heading up uh, to the former SEC East rival, uh, heading to Kentucky. And how I talked about Marcus Freeman kind of putting the clamps on an offensive weapon in his system. We've kind of seen similarly with Mark Stoops. Uh, We did see Will Levis, uh, excuse me, Will Levis uh, have some success, put up some prolific numbers uh, under Mark Stoops, but we found out that was more when Stoops decided to let the OC do his thing But when Mark Stoops decided, nah, man, we're going to protect my defense. We're going to go out there. We're going to play three uh, three yards in a cloud of dust football. Um, The numbers for the quarterback went south and turned a very good quarterback uh, into a very pedestrian-looking quarterback. Who was the uh, dude they brought from NC State uh, this year? Uh, I forget. It's Leary. Dennis Leary. Yeah, Dennis Leary came in very highly touted, was one of the uh, quote-unquote biggest gets out of the portal last year because of the numbers he put up at NC State. He goes up to Lexington, and Mark Stoops and his offense makes him look very, well, as I said, pedestrian. Now, Tennessee fans saw him almost have his coming out party against that Tennessee defense. Um, You could say whether he just got, you know, used 
to uh, that Mark Stoops offense uh, system, or that was the Tennessee secondary, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B possibly. But I'm curious to see how uh, Brock Vandegrift is going to do in Lexington because um, you have to remember in 2021, Brock Vandegrift was one of, if not the highest rated quarterbacks in that recruiting class. And it kind of raised my eyebrows to see him uh, take his talents out of Athens uh, because I think if he stuck around for one more year, he could have inherited the keys and could have just hung around and won multiple championships if he really wanted to. So I'm curious to see how that plays out for uh, now Kentucky Wildcat quarterback Brock Vandegrift. Yeah, um, I think that's that's a good pick too. Just because this is kind of like what Kentucky's done a little bit, like you had said, this is this is Mark Stoops' almost M.O. He, uh, he had it with Will Levis, Levis, and then he switched to Dennis Leary. Mm-hmm. Going to try again with Brock Vandegrift, and Brock Vandegrift will have probably two years there. Yes. Um, so I don't know that – I don't think it will be a higher gun type thing. Um, he'll be able to get into that system and hopefully – well, maybe not hopefully for us. Um, right, yeah. Hopefully for him, <laughs> maybe develop a little bit better <laughs> than Leary did. Um Kentucky's Kentucky's making some noise on the portal trail. I will say that. Uh I guess I'll go next. I'm surprised he's still nobody's talked about this one yet. Uh Ohio State, Kyle McCord, after going eleven and one. Um and I believe it was four points away from going 12 and 0. Uh he he entered the transfer portal, but I think it was more of a Ryan Day telling him you're not going to be the man here, so mm-hmm. you need to enter enter the transfer portal. Uh, yep. I found a quote that Ryan Day said. I'm going to read it real quick. It says, uh when you come up short, the bottom line is you got to look at everything because you didn't get it done and that's the thing that is just sobering here at 11 and one, you come up short on the last possession. It's not good enough. So you got to look at everything and we will look at everything. And that was after the Michigan game, uh, basically pointing the finger directly at his quarterback saying, when you come up short on the last possession, (laughs) Um, Kyle McCord is a good quarterback. I mean, he went to South bend. If you guys remember, he had that game winning drive, I believe he got the ball back with like a minute and 43 seconds and drove down the field to win in a hostile environment. He had that Michigan game before his interception. They were driving down the field in Ann Arbor um, with a good chance at at least getting it close. Uh, They were in Michigan territory when he threw that interception. Kyle McCord's good. I was expecting him to go to like Miami or... I don't know, maybe out west somewhere or Penn State, maybe A&M. No, he's going to Syracuse, um, Oof, which is shocking to me uh, that he's going to Syracuse. But Syracuse is another team that is making a lot of noise on the recruiting trail and the transfer portal. Um, They have a new coach by the name of Fran Brown, I believe his name is. And he is just gobbling up the players. Just they're all coming to Syracuse for some reason or another. Um, so I think the ACC is kind of being put on notice there uh, with with the Syracuse Orange. 
making some noise and Kyle McCord leading them is a true freshman. So he's got three more years of eligibility uh, that he can use. So could be there for the next three years over at Syracuse. So I, I think Kyle McCord is, is a big pickup uh, for Syracuse. It's a little, yeah, it's a little surprising though. <laughs> it is yeah. very surprising. Mm-hmm. Especially to see him hit the portal. Like you said, I think he might've been told maybe you should check your options elsewhere, but to see him land in Syracuse of all places. Yeah. Um, I noticed a common theme that we have here is we've all picked a quarterback. So no pressure, yep. Justin, but if you want to pick another quarterback and keep the string going, <laughs> or maybe you switch it up. I'll switch it up. I'll go. Uh, with another quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> There's a uh, lot of quarterbacks to choose from. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to pick the Oklahoma quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, mm. who is transferring to Oregon, um, stepping in behind Bo Nix. So uh, interesting. Uh, I guess Oregon has decided that this is kind of their path to success because it worked with Bo Nix, but to go out and get a, a good quarterback who's who's been productive and bring it in and plug it into their offense. Um, and, you know, Oregon's going into a new conference next year. Um, Pac-12 is no more. They got some different competition, I think. Uh, now, the question is, do you think Oregon and, and Washington are going to have an easier time moving into the, the Big Ten? Or is it going to be more difficult? I I don't know. I think it's I think it's more challenging. I think they've got a, a tougher road ahead. So um I think it kind of depends on who they draw their schedule. While you keep going, I'm going to look and see who Oregon okay. has. But year. I guess I'm just saying that um Dylan Gabriel I I don't know. I I think the Big 12 probably wasn't getting much harder next year and and he probably if he's thinking about draft stock and all that sort of stuff, I think he's He's going into a, a larger pond uh, and with, with maybe some more difficult um, roadblocks in front of him uh, now with Oregon moving into the big the big 18 or whatever it's going to be next year. <laughs> so that's just my thoughts. But it'll be interesting <laughs> to see how that works out for him. It's sort of yeah. the opposite of what I was saying with UNC. Yeah, they – Oregon, I'm looking now, as far as Big 12 teams that are, you know, original Big 12 teams – I mean, they have Ohio State and they have Michigan. <laughs> That's tough. Oof. Um, <laughs> they are at Wisconsin. They have Maryland, Illinois, at Purdue, Michigan State. So, I mean, that is tough. But, I mean, I think it. at least you don't have Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. You know, it, it could have been worse. Um, but you pulled two of the three. And, and, and yeah, where were two of the three? Where, where are those games? At, One's at home, yeah, at Michigan and at home against Ohio State. Got to go to the Big House. <laughs> yep, that's going to be tough. And you know they cheat in the Big House, um, <laughs> so so you know they don't. They, as far as we know, they don't cheat out west. Uh, so I oh yeah, out west. Um, I think that's a good pick though because this is also you pick two quarterbacks and two guys that are on their third school. Yeah. Um, Dylan Gabriel put up big numbers at UCF. Uh, and he he put up big numbers at Oklahoma too, and Oregon yeah. liked what they saw. So I, I, I like I like that one. I mean, I'm glad we got to talk about him a little bit because 
I think he's going to put up big numbers next year also. Um, Vanden? I'm going to keep the streak alive talking about another quarterback, another quarterback heading to the uh, Big 24. Uh, this time it's going to be now former Mississippi State quarterback Will Rogers uh, heading to Washington to replace uh, Heisman runner-up Michael Penix Jr. or Penix Jr., depending on how you want to talk about it. Uh, Rogers, you have to remember, was less than 1,000 yards from setting the all-time passing record in the SEC. Now, unfortunately, the reason he ultimately fell short was because of the just tragic passing of former Mississippi State coach, uh, the Pirate King, uh, the mind behind the air raid offense in Mike Leach. Um, And I think that is ultimately why Will Rogers is looking for a change in scenery. They brought in a coach, uh, I'm spacing on the name, I apologize, uh, who was there for a one-and-done situation to try and steady the ship after Mike Leach tragically passed away. Uh, they, uh, they being uh, Mississippi State, parted ways with that coach. But this was a defensive-minded coach. Was it Will Arnett? No, that's an actor. Um, yeah, you got uh, it right. No, you're okay. right. Will Arnett. Yeah. Michael, um, <laughs> who was a very defensive-minded coach. So even though he had this incredible quarterback, it was a coach that necessarily wasn't the best suited to utilize the talents of Will Rogers. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in an in a offense that really made Michael Penix shine. Now we did just talk about Michael Penix really knew this system inside and out, not only uh, from his time in Washington, but his time previously in Indiana, where he was under the tutelage of the then offensive coordinator, now head coach in Washington. So I'm curious to see how Will Rogers with that big cannon of an arm will do for the Huskies in that system. Um, And I mean, I don't, have Washington's schedule in front of me, but I imagine they'll pull two of the three, um, uh, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. Um, but, I mean, I I think Will Rogers stood up pretty well against those SEC defenses, so I'm pretty sure he's not afraid to gunsling it against the best of them in the big 72. <laughs> it was Zach Arnett. Zach Arnett, not Will Arnett. Not you got me too with it. Yeah. <laughs> I do have Washington's schedule pulled up. Uh, they have Michigan at home and at Penn State, so they avoid Ohio State. Okay. But unlike Oregon, they have USC. Um, well, I don't. I don't think that USC uh, defense is scaring anybody even next year. No, I don't think so either. Um, but yeah, and you know, decent games, decent games. Um, but yeah. Well, Rogers was a lot of people's pick to to put up some big numbers this year, and then we saw what Mississippi State's offense looked like, mm-hmm. and that went bye bye really quick. Um, but yeah, that that'll be an interesting fit over at Washington to see to see how he does there. I guess I'll break the streak. Oh. I will stop the quarterbacks. I guess. Uh, somebody had to do it. I'm trying to decide which one I want to talk about, though. Um, you could talk about the only lacrosse player on the list and uh, uh, Tyler Buckner. I know. I took him off after I realized that he said, I'm, <laughs> I'm not playing football anymore. <laughs> um, Dang, Nick like, Saban, what did you do to this young man? I know. He said, I'm done with football, actually. 
How about this? I'm going to go with Florida running back Trevor Etienne. Yeah. Because he is going to Georgia. Mm. And Mm -hmm. one thing that Georgia needed was another – they needed a running back. If if Georgia was lacking in anywhere this year, it was the running back department. Um, I couldn't even tell you the running back's name off the top of my head. That's how that's how great he was this year. Now, Trevor Etienne, you remember, um, I remember the first half of this game. He lit Tennessee a new one, um, I believe. Oh, um, yep, that Kamal head Tennessee. and shoulder tackle. Yeah, when Tennessee played Florida, uh, he had a great game. Trevor Etienne, the younger brother of Etienne, uh, NFL player, former Clemson running back, um, he... He has had a couple of good years at Florida. I remember even when Florida came here last year, he had a good game in that game. And I was like, dude, can we just tackle this ETN guy? Not another ETN in, in, the, in college because this guy is just as good as his brother was. Um, and at that point, he was just a true freshman. I think he's a sophomore, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so he has two more years over at Georgia. And and I think that's a big pickup for the Bulldogs who need a who need a running back and he'll get to play against his former team uh, uh, next year and and the year after that if he stays so I'm, that's why I went with uh, Trevor Etienne from Florida to Georgia. Well, at least Tennessee doesn't have to play. Oh, wait a minute! <laughs> oh wait, they still play him. <laughs> yep, the and rich after. getting richer. Uh, yeah. but yeah, it's rich, okay. Um, Sports Ball Santa's got our back, guys. That's right. Our defense is gonna is gonna take care of him next Our year. Our top ten defense. Yep, with Nico winning the Heisman. Yep. Uh huh. <laughs> While Swerve Strickland will be on like a two hundred day plus AEW World Heavyweight Champion reign. That's right. I like <laughs> it. I like it. And I'll be watching Yoshinobu Yamamoto in the World Series for the Yankees. Um, <laughs> After we just... celebrate Rick Barnes going to the Final Four. That's yeah. right. <laughs> And, right. and, and Tennessee will inexplicably have a baseball, hockey, basketball, and NFL team. And NFL. Yep. yep. <laughs> All in Knoxville. Knoxville will be booming. Yep. Knoxville will actually stretch its its boundaries It'll to take over Gatlinburg, good. Sevierville, and Chattanooga. <laughs> It'll become the biggest city in the United States. And they'll bring back rollerball, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Justin. After, we can get out of fantasy land real quick, All right. um, and you can go ahead and tell me who you, who you want to talk about next. Okay, and your portal. Well, um, since we already broke the seal and we're not talking about quarterbacks anymore, then I will I'll keep that trend alive, and I'm going to bring it back to my favorite topic in college football, which is of course Tennessee, and your favorite topic, which is of course Notre Dame. So, Kevin, yeah, yeah, <laughs> bring this up because I want you to tell me your thoughts on Holden stays and what he brings to the Tennessee offense. How's he going to fit in? Yeah, it's the best of both worlds, Tennessee and Notre Dame. Um, So I I still get to cheer on this guy. (laughs) He's actually really good. He he played, I believe Michael Mayer got hurt. He tore his ACL, I believe, like the second to last game of the season. Um, But Holden Stays played a little bit early on, um, earlier on in the season when Notre Dame was still blowing teams out. Um, He's a good, he's a good pass catcher. Uh, Notre Dame has a history of getting good tight ends. So, you know, if you get a tight end out of Notre Dame, you kind of feel pretty good about him. 
Um, I kept saying Michael Mayer. It's Mitchell Evans. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> we can't get any names right tonight. That's okay. <laughs> I know. I'm struggling. Michael Mayer was the tight end last year who is in the NFL now. Mitchell Evans, the tight end this year who got hurt. Um, but Holden Stays is who we're talking about. Right. And he and he is a good tight end. I believe he was a three. He was a four-star um, out of high school. Um, he's our only four-star commit that we have uh, out of the portal. Um, and he, 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 like I said, he's really good. I, is he better than any of the tight ends that we had this year? Um, yeah, I'd say so. I'd say he's better than Jacob Warren and uh, McAllen Castles. I'd okay. say he's better than the two of them. So he, he's not so much of a deep threat down the field, um, but he's more of a bigger guy. Obviously, he plays tight end. But he's not so much like the Travis Kelsey athletic tight end. Um, he's more of your more traditional run blocker tight end that's also going to be able to make a couple of really good grabs. So I I, I love it. Well, I that's love, exciting. I love yeah, this. that's exciting to me. I mean, I I feel like I was hoping that this year that Tennessee was going to find a way to utilize the tight ends a little bit more, and I was surprised, mm-hmm. especially with the fact that we did have Jacob Warren, who I think is actually a very good tight end, and then. McAllen Castles, who you know had the potential to to really put up some numbers, and and he showed his ability at times this year. Um, so right now I'm sort of in in like wait and see mode. Like, although I guess I can counter that by saying our offense did transform from being like you know putting up the pass heavy numbers with Hinden Hooker to being one of the best rushing offenses in the country this year. So who knows? Maybe next year we go full tight end all the time. Um, tight end, you baby. There it yeah. is. T-E-U. It could, it could happen. So I don't know. Um, I'm excited to see him and and I'm glad. Also, talking about names that we got wrong, um, Kentucky's quarterback this year was not Dennis Leary. He uh, who Devin. That's a comedian. Yeah. And a comedian. Yes, uh, it was Devin Leary. Damn, dude. I'm struggling. You know what? <laughs> it's the holidays, okay? I was gonna say, yeah, we all checked out like mid-October. The fact that we've gotten almost anything right is 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 a small yeah. Christmas miracle in and of itself. I'm, I'm struggling. Uh but I that's what that's why I got you here, Justin, is you know, you, you got that quick research to to correct us when we need it. I just um, knew Dennis Leary wasn't right, and I was like, but I can't remember <laughs> what it actually is. I know it's a D. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, I I do like that pick uh, mainly because he's coming to Knoxville and yeah. he's and he's from South Bend, so we like that. Uh, Landon, what do you got? Uh, my final pick. I'm going to go three for three on quarterbacks. I don't have a lot to say on this one. This one just really befuddles me, mainly because I did not see this move coming, and we also don't know where this uh, individual is landing. USC quarterback Malachi Nelson, a five-star true freshman quarterback, just, oh, by the way, I'm leaving USC when it seems like Caleb Williams is all but gone to the NFL at this point as the presumed number one overall pick. So one would assume that this is Malachi's team going forward and he can stay under the learning tree of Lincoln Riley, who has put multiple quarterbacks in the NFL at number one. Uh, His quarterbacks have won multiple Heisman. So if you're a quarterback and you want to uh, hone your craft, I mean, what uh, Lincoln Riley, Josh Heupel, Lane Kiffin, like, like those are, those are the three names that you want to study under. And Malachi Nelson 
is hightailing it out of LA. So like that one caught me by surprise. And it makes me wonder, um, is everything okay at USC? Well, yeah, I, that was a very surprising move. I will say, I think it was preceded by um, Will Howard, the quarterback from Kansas State, portaling to USC. So I think he kind of got news that Will Howard was going to be going to USC and was like, I don't want to sit behind somebody else again. Um, but whenever you you lose the number one player in the class, especially their quarterback, uh, and your Lincoln Riley, yeah, that that seat just got a little bit more warm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially after the season that USC had too. Right. Uh, yeah, that's not what you want to see. Um, but yeah, that that one was a very surprising one. Do we want to go one more time around, or do we want to wrap it up? I've got one more person that I do want to talk about. Just well, why, don't because... do, why don't you do yours? I I, I don't have any more. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm good. But mention yours. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, I really thought that he was going to come home. Um, and I'm talking about Texas A&M defensive lineman Walter Nolan. Yeah. Uh, I really thought he was going to come home. And the only reason I really wanted to talk about him is because I saw him play in high school. He he played at Powell High School. Um, the reason I thought he was going to come to Knoxville is because he moved from Florida to come play at Powell High School his senior season. And everybody was assuming that the reason he moved here was so that he could go to Tennessee the following year. And then Jeremy Pruitt missed on him. Um, that was Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pruitt missed on him. Uh, he was the number one recruit in that 2020 class. Uh, and then he entered the portal uh, at A&M and this past this this just now. And I thought that he was going to be coming here uh, and he's not. He's going to Ole Miss where Lincoln or Lincoln where Lane Kiffin is just throwing money bags to everybody. Um, I feel like anytime somebody's name enters the portal, it's it's automatically going to Ole Miss. Uh, so. We get spurned again uh, by Walter Nolan, but it is what it is. He's going to Ole Miss, and I'm sure he's going to have a great career at Ole Miss, uh, just like he had a great career at Texas A&M. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Take that. Um, real quick, I did want to go over the top transfer classes. I'll just go through the top five, and then we'll see where Tennessee's at. Number one, like I said, is Ole Miss. They've got nine commits. They've got four four-stars. Um, they're, they're doing some work over at the SIP. Uh, Colorado has 15 commits uh, and four four-stars. Dion is is trying to rebuild his program after a big fall-off. Louisville has 13 commits and two four-stars. Arizona State has 13 commits and one four-star. And TCU has eight commits and one Four star. Now, this is all according to 247.com. Uh, they have Tennessee ranked with their transfer class at number 30 in the nation with two commits and one four star. I believe that number has changed. I think we got a commit from an Oregon State cornerback today. Yeah, um, a, a, so a pretty think, pretty good one. Cornerback. Uh, da, 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 I think his name is like McCoy. McDonald or something. 
Jermod McCoy, cornerback uh, from Oregon State. Yeah, I think he's he's a pretty good one. Um, so, and I'm pretty sure he's a four star as well. So, uh, three seasons of eligibility left. Yes. So, like uh, that. so that that is a good get. We like that, and, I, and I'm fairly certain we got a couple of more transfers, but not anybody as big as him. Um, so I, I doubt that we're still at number 30. This is as of Monday, and today is Wednesday. A um, little behind the scenes there, but that's just where we're at as of Monday. So with that being said, um, that kind of wraps up our talk on the portal. Justin, do we have pub dubs this week? No, we don't. Actually, I was just going to give a quick quick update because, you know, we did Bowl Mania and, and that's all eyes have been on Bowl Mania. And actually, pretty cool. We've got um, five other competitors that joined our group on ESPN. And sadly, um, I hate to tell Skipper Bob, but he might not want to look at his record. Um, he's pulling up the rear. But uh, Kevin, I will say you're in the lead right now. You're eight and one. Both Landon and I are seven and two. So heading into the we're, it, I mean, it's really going to – business is going to start picking up here in the next – I'm excited yeah, to see where we go. If only I would have made these polls count towards the, the pub dubs. <laughs> I would have been, been coming back some. Uh, yeah, it's been I, I told you guys I heat up on Bowl Mania. Well, and I will say um, some of my picks in the in the ESPN group might not be exactly what I said on the podcast. Just FYI. <laughs> I may have Really? I'm certain that a couple of mine I might have flipped, um, or I might have gotten mistaken uh, when I when I said on the podcast as well. <laughs> well, I'm a man of my word. Everything that I said on the podcast is what is in the ESPN picks group. Well, then you know what. Regardless of record, you're a champion of life, Landon. You are. Thank you. Thank you. And Miles Jones I, I, would give you a give you a belt. Yeah, and and I also uh, have a uh, five star heart. That's right. <laughs> five star heart man God, I that. You, you can you can build up your foundation brick by brick man. Yeah. brick by um what a time to be a vols fan <laughs> those were the days were um, they no no they were not <laughs> they were not the days i like what's going on now and and <laughs> and like tennessee fans out there who are who are clamoring that we need to fire josh heupel because he quote can't close in the transfer portal Remember what we've been through. Remember what we've been through. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Settle down, yo. Yeah. But with that, I do want to thank you guys for listening this week. Once again, with the holidays coming up, we will not be putting out an episode next week so we can just spend time with our families and kind of get a recharge going into 2024. Um, so you will not get an episode next week. We do want to thank Joe once again for producing us and making us sound good as oh. always. And I, I want to thank uh, Justin and Lennon for hopping on here with me again. It's been a fun calendar year and it, it'll come to an end um, in just a couple of weeks, but this is the last time that we will talk probably uh, before then. So I want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year as well. Um and just a little preview going into next year, the first, the next episode you get will be a recap of Tennessee's bowl game, Tennessee's bowl victory, um, and it'll be a national championship preview. So we'll be talking a lot of bowl games, um, and we'll be talking Tennessee. We'll give our report card for the balls of the season, and so we're already looking forward to that. 
But I do want to wish all of you guys, the listeners, a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. Like I said, may the Tennessee Vols give us a good start to 2024 with a win in their bowl game. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. May the force be with us all. Merry happy. (laughs) Thank you for listening to another episode of Moonshine and Scoreboards. Moonshine and Scoreboards is a Tri-M production and is hosted by Kevin Scott, Landon Doan, and Justin Krutzinger. Our engineer is Joe the Engineer. If you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, Google Podcast, or anywhere you get your podcast. You can email us at moonshineandscoreboards at gmail.com. Subscribe, tell a friend, and come back next week for all of the fun, the games, the moonshine, and of course, the scoreboards. Thank you.